We're going to meet Dana. Now, Dana's an interesting lady. She gets to the office, and certainly as a GP, what happens is sometimes you treat a spouse, and you know, one spouse might send the other in to be the, the test or the guinea pig, and then when they come out successfully, the other one decides, yeah, I'll give it a try now. So we meet Dana, and she comes to the office because we treated her husband. And her husband was a restorative case. He was the victim of a bicycle accident, so he had some front teeth broken as a kid. And over the years, blah, 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 he's 55. It turned out the root fractures, and you get the abscess. He moves into an implant case. We treated the husband nicely. It worked out great. So Dana came in because she hadn't been to a dentist in a long time, and she knew she was going to be involved with some restorative dentistry at some point because her dentistry was a little bit old and starting to look bad, and she wasn't having any discomfort yet, but she knew it was coming. So when we met her, she walked in on the restorative side of things, and certainly, she does have an attractive smile. You know, nice young lady, attractive smile, no complaints about her smile, certainly reasonable enough. We recognize the bite and the occlusion aren't perfect there, but she's asymptomatic, so to speak. But certainly, coming in on the restorative side of things, we take a look at the positioning of the teeth, and while I love to do restorative dentistry, and I'm very happy to make some new fillings and or crown work, that's not the position I'd like to do my dentistry in. So I, I don't enjoy doing dentistry on teeth in that position. And so I look at teeth like this, and I look how the crowns were made in that position, and I look at how the fillings are placed, and I look at the contact points and the arch form, and this is not an exciting restorative case for me yet. But with some photographs and a little bit of a conversation, we could talk to Dana about the possibility of moving those teeth, getting her bite right, positioning them, and if we put the teeth where they belong, the restorative case gets a whole lot more exciting because now you're going to have a chance to provide a nice comprehensive service and a comprehensive service is, is much better. So you recognize what it means to do restorative dentistry on teeth in the wrong place. It's a struggle and a fight and sometimes you don't get the result you're looking for. It's an obstacle course and you're compromising. But if you take this patient into Invisalign and for a few short months you get these teeth where they belong and you unravel that malocclusion, now your restorative work not only is easier to perform, it looks better, it's healthier, you're getting longevity out of it, and now you can expect time out of your restorative dentistry. So you're going to be offering not just beautiful work today, but when you have the teeth in the right place and you're doing your restorative work, now you've got a protective occlusion, an occlusion that's going to destroy the food for a lifetime, but not each other. You're not going to break down the teeth, the fillings, the gum, the bone, the TMJ. So you have so many advantages to get involved with Invisalign. So her husband came in on the restorative side. She came in on the restorative side. We sat down and we talked about Invisalign for a bit. And sure enough, the answer was yes, I'd love to do that, it sounds appropriate, let's get these teeth where they belong, then we'll do the fillings and crown work for you. So we discussed the case, and she does have her class one malocclusion, okay, it's nothing serious here, we've got a constricted arch, we'd certainly have an arch form that's improper, but periodontally she's sound and stable, she's an excellent case for Invisalign, just like every other patient that has teeth and a pulse. Those are my two credentials. If you've seen me speak before, I have a list of credentials for who's an Invisalign candidate, right? You need teeth, a pulse, and I, recently I've added a wallet. Because, you know, come on. If you, that's the trifecta. Teeth, a pulse, and a wallet. You're an Invisalign case. That's a, it's a beautiful trifecta right there. You can't beat that. So, until I can do Invisalign on a denture patient, I don't have them on the list yet. I'm working with research on that. You know, R&D, we're working that out. Because if you get the teeth in wax, you should be able to move them. So I'm thinking about set up the denture with the wax, then do the Invisalign, then you deliver the... <laughs> it should work out. It should work out. Okay, so here we have the ClinCheck. Let's take a look at the note. You know, I like to read the note. Because when you fill in the treatment form, everybody knows you get to that box number 11 and it says special instructions. And you should write something in there. Well, I'm a big fan of keeping that simple. Okay? So I, I loved hearing the, the introduction the other day by our rocket scientist. Our guest was amazing. Everybody enjoyed that. 
Well, one of the things he had, you know, do the simplest thing that will work was very nice. So I don't like to write a big, long note. I'm not a big fan of a big, long note. So I wrote down this sentence to treat the case. Please level align and derotate all teeth. No IPR, please. That's my special instruction for this case. And it has a deep bite and it has a, a nasty arch, but level align and derotate all teeth is a nice piece of information. It instantly tells the technician you're looking to provide a full and comprehensive orthodontic technique and put all of those teeth where they belong. Now you're going to move 28 teeth into position. That's very nice. So I, I go with simple notes. The treatment form has plenty of other boxes to check to give information on your overbite and your overjet and your midlines. So I, I don't go into a huge lengthy note there, but we'll read them all as we go through the cases. So we're going to press play. The boxes are checked no IPR, so you can understand I'm going to check off expansion primarily. I'm going to do procline as needed or none, and IPR none. It's not an IPR case. So we're going to just move these teeth into a proper arch form. A very common characteristic of crowded narrow arches was pointed out yesterday by Dr. Doug Brandt. Very often the upper first molars are rotated in. Okay, you get a, a mesial lingual rotation of the upper molars when you have crowding. When an arch collapses in, your upper first molars are rotated out. So not only are you looking to develop your arch width, you want to rotate those teeth out. And simultaneous movement is fantastic. You can use your tipping bodily rotational movement on your molars and it should all happen at the same time. So you want your molars rotating out to position. So when we take a look at an arch form like this, we're looking to watch that arch take, take its shape and form and it's going to happen over the course of 26 aligners. So you're going to spend 13 months driving those teeth into position. So we're going to go from here to there. So now we've got a proper arch form, a proper arch width. We should see the lower unravel with the upper. The lower is going to take a few less aligners. So we're going to take this case from here to here. So over the course of, what is this, about 20, 20 lower aligners. Then you've got a few passive in there. So we're going to go from here to here. We'll get our proper arch form, we'll get our proper arch width, and as we start unraveling that mouth, we should see some very nice improvements to the case. So I like to, I like to photograph progress. I like to photograph progress. So the, the more and more that I teach, the more and more I show progress photos to kind of give you an idea of the tracking and how well the aligner looks and how it fits. Then I like to show the refinement series of photographs. So when the patient gets to 26, I take a new set of photographs because I like to do a little refinement. I'm a big fan of refinement. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. It says you'd like to continue and make it perfect for the patient. You're not forced into finishing on that last aligner. There's a lot you can't control with compliance. So you, you love to have the compliance at 22 hours perfectly. But if you miss a little along the way, so you need four more aligners, five more aligners, it's no big deal. In the orthodontic world, they don't use the word refinement. They call it the next wire. That's all. Aligner 17. Now here you are, you're nine months into the case. At nine months into the case, that deep bite is unraveling. All of a sudden, you're, you could barely see the lower teeth at the beginning of this case. So now you've got that deep bite unraveling, you've got a view of the bottom teeth, you're setting up your overbite, your overjet, your arch form, your arch width. Everything's coming along very nicely. And at 17, we've got a different shape of the arch. It's starting to take its position. And what you notice is the first molars are rotating out to position. Okay? We're going to get all those contacts nicely placed. At 17, the lower is cooking along beautifully because we knew there were only 20 aligners. So by 17, you're mostly, you're mostly done. So aligner 20 is going to wrap up that lower arch. So this should look pretty close, and there it is. So 17, you can see the occlusion coming along. You've got this nice class 1 developing. Now it's not a, so much a class 1 malocclusion as it is. Here comes your class 1 healthy stable occlusion. Okay? Both sides. Those two crowns were made in a collapsed and rotated position. We're going to rotate that upper out. That cusp is going to land where it belongs eventually. 
So as you're taking those upper molars and you're rotating them out buckily, you're going to get your occlusion very nicely set and the finish will be in the crown work and the filling work you're doing at the end of the case. Now that's aligner 18. So as I deliver aligners, you know, we put, you just saw the photographs of number 17. Those photos were taken, the patient had worn 17 aligners. So I handed her 18, she put it on. How's the fit? How's the fit of 18? Did anybody get any sleep last night? I gave you the hint. I said the patient walked in wearing, they wore 17 aligners. They took them out. I photographed the case. I handed 18 and I put it in. How's the fit? It's perfect. She just put it on. The aligner the patient walks in with should look gorgeous. The aligner you just put in, that aligner is where the teeth will be in two weeks. Now, if you've seen me speak before, you know that I don't deliver three aligners at a time. I deliver between five and ten aligners. Five to ten aligners at a clip, and I let my patients go because I do very little IPR. So when I hand 18 out, I hand her 18 through 26. That's the picture of 18. She just put it on. That's her coming back after wearing eight aligners. That's aligner 26. How's the fit? 18 was fine. That was the minute she put it on. I also instruct my patients to play with their aligners. Chew on them. Work them. It's okay to play with them. The extra pressure and the massaging you put on the teeth generates cellular activity, blood flow. It's a, it's a much nicer way to watch your tracking stay in places to tell your patients to play with their aligners. So I teach them all. Hey, when these are in your mouth, don't be afraid to chew on them. Like, go ahead, gnash them together. Every now and then, pay attention to what you're doing. I want you to squeeze your teeth together. Massage those aligners and teeth. You'll generate blood flow. You'll guarantee better tracking. And what will happen is you'll see a fit like 18 when you first put it on. Give that patient 24 hours of playing with that aligner. They could go through the next eight aligners, and I don't worry about a look like this at 18. That doesn't bother me at all. I'm excited about that. I know the patient's going to be fine. They're going to come back in having worn eight aligners, and 26 is going to look like that. So don't be afraid to tell your patients to chew on their aligners. It's okay if they get destroyed. You only need it for two weeks. So my patient's aligners get destroyed. And they come in and they're pretty messed up. But two weeks later, they put the new one in. So when they come in and they show me their old aligners and they're beat up, I know they worked on them. And it's okay to work on your aligners. It'll drive tooth movement. So it's a nice feature. So at aligner 26, we can take a look at the fit and the tracking. And it's very nice. This arch form started out nasty and the premolar was tucked in and none of the contact points were lined up. But now we've got a beautiful arch form at number 26. And obviously the lower is number 26. The lower finished at 20. 21 to 26 were passive aligners. They were the same one, but they got a new one every two weeks because they work on them. The passive aligners are fantastic so that you can continue to work on your biting pressure during the use of aligners. So now you get to this point, and at aligner 26, you're at the refinement stage. So this is where you're going to take some impressions and photos for refinement. But the, the big deal here is you want to pay attention to those upper first molars. So when you take a look at your upper first molars, you could look at the buckle cusp or the occlusal groove. If you look at the buccal cusps or the occlusal groove and you draw a nice line, these are pointing at the central incisors. Okay? Same thing over here. Your buccal cusps are pointing at your central incisors. That's not where you want them. If, if your 3 and 14 are positioned perfectly and rotated perfectly, you should be able to trace your buccal cusps and be outside of the canines. Outside of the canines. So you want to be able to trace this and be here, on or outside of your canines, now you've got a better rotation. You're going to ensure a beautiful intercuspation without interference. When your upper first molars are rotated in, you run the risk of increasing your interferences. And then what happens is you end up doing some more occlusal adjusting maybe. 
You can always change it in our fillings. We're going to do certainly restorative work, but look, you're looking for perfection anyway. So get the cusps out where they belong. It's going to make your restorative work much better. You're going to reduce your occlusal equilibrations. So make sure your cusps are fully rotated out and that you have a line that can either be equal to or outside of your canine point. On the lower, the same thing. You're looking for those first molars. You're looking for the rotation that they started with. And when you look at the rotation, those cusps are pointing at the midline. They come right into the central incisors. You push them out and get that arch aligned, that cusp line is going to be outside your canine line. So now you've got cusps that are lined up to have a groove and get your maximum intercuspation right along cusps in central fossa or marginal ridge. So at aligner 26, the tracking has been very nice. This is a 13-month process. So 13 months later, the patient gets to this point, and you're very happy. So of course, I suffer from uh, OCD, and I, I can never finish here, so I have to take a new set of impressions and photos to deliver four more aligners. But the occlusion is very nice. We have our beautiful class one showing up on both sides. And with that tooth movement comes the resolution of the deep bite. And you unravel that deep bite. Now you have a normal overbite, a perfect overjet. You've got a beautiful class one on both sides. You know your restorative case is going to be a whole lot nicer to treat and do your periodontal issues. Everything here is lining up for health and longevity for this patient. So I do get four more aligners. Four more aligners for a little tweak finishes the case. So now you've got an after set of photographs coming up. Here's your anterior view, your right side, and your left side. You're pretty much set in place. You've got your cusp where you want it. Those teeth were rotated in. That cusp was nowhere near that buckle groove. Now you're going to redo those crowns. This entire posterior is going to be set up for a nice restorative case for you, and that patient's going to have a wonderful success. So here you have your arch form, your arch width. You've got your rotations happening. The contact point that was over here, isn't that nice, right? You've got your premolar here with its the distal contact on number 12 is against the mesial buccal surface of number 13. And without any IPR, just getting your arch form developed, now you've got a mesial distal contact that's appropriate between those two premolars. So now you've got all your contact points set up. You've got a nice arch form. A nice, now you can change fillings for fillings or crowns or upgrade them to crowns. Whatever your restorative protocol is, is going to be fantastic. Much nicer to work on that mouth over there than the opposite. So same thing here. You've gone through uh, 26 upper aligners plus 4. 30, and then you had 20 lower aligners plus 4, 24. So it's a 15-month process, and you've got this mouth unraveled and a very happy lady. Now, again, in the beginning, she didn't come in complaining about her smile. She's a young, attractive woman. Her smile was in place. That collapse was in the premolar region. Didn't really affect her too much. She keeps a nice smile. A little bleaching gel lightens it up. I changed her hair color. I'm pretty good at that. You know, the, not, the first few times, it didn't go so well. The first few times, it didn't go so well. But, the, you know, this one worked out okay. Dana, this is Dina. Now, uh, Dina, a little younger. You know, Dana, we were working on her. She was about 58 years old. Now, Dina, we're going to bring her back. This is more like a 36-year-old here. So Dina showed up because her co-worker had Invisalign. So um, her co-worker co was Carmela. Carmela came in, did the whole process. Dina was looking at that and going, oh, that looks like very nice. You know, I, I'd like to do that. Who do I go to? So, oh, go see Dr. Ben. You know, he did a nice job for me. You'll be okay. So just generally unhappy with her smile, came in because of the coworker, interested in looking for Invisalign, so that's always nice. That makes it easier, right? So we didn't have to spend too much time talking to her. She wanted to do it. So here we are, about 36 years old, and she's got the edge-to-edge, -edge, a little crossbite on the lower canine. You can see how the tissue line is irregular. That malocclusion is taking a toll on everything, and this is going to be a tough mouth to manage. That's not a fun mouth to manage from the age of 36 to 95. And so if you're looking to have another 50 or 60 years out of that occlusion, certainly you're going to be handling 
that case, whether it's composites and root canals and crowns and perio, and you're going to be involved with the deterioration that comes with that occlusion, okay? That's not stable, even though the patient has no discomfort right now and no so-called issues with tooth pain and or facial pain, that's going to be a nightmare for you to manage later on. And I don't enjoy doing dentistry on teeth like this because they don't have any dentistry on them. So I don't really want to if I don't have to. I'd like to get them in a nice healthy position. So she's got all this fun going on here. But a beautiful foundation. We're really ready to work on that case. So again, improper arch form, improper arch width. We have a minimal amount of crowding. It's really not the severest of cases. But, you know, she has that little bit of a crossbite in the anterior. We like to get that all tucked in there. Then we got a little extra special bonus. Primary tooth still retained. So it's got a beautiful uh, amalgam filling over here. And so obviously the patient genetically missing. We don't have a tooth here. We're congenitally missing tooth number 20. So we're not going to have a tooth coming in here. And uh, one of the first things we'll talk to that patient about is making sure you know, they're aware that that tooth is not meant to be there for the rest of their life. If you're 36 years old and it's still there, congratulations. That tooth has given you a wonderful service. You know, uh, it's gotten you about 25 years more than it's supposed to. But the idea is at some point in time we're going to be replacing that tooth. So the patient understands that tooth will give out. We don't know when. It could be next month. It could be next year. It could be five years. But when it does, we'll replace it with an implant. So it's nice to know that because I can do anything I want to it and the patient understands that it was going to happen at some point. So we're going to make an implant for that tooth one day. So we've got some crowding over there on that lower arch. And then you can see the class 1 malocclusion. So obviously we've got a little recession, a little abfraction starting there that will grow over time. This is by no means any sort of a balanced and protective occlusion. So she's got all the little initial signs of deterioration. And as you start looking at this tissue and you pay close attention, more recession here. You know, this at least, the tissue has an arc, but this is starting to V on you. And the more that tissue starts to V, the more likely you're going to get the cleft next. And so you're going to be battling that the entire life of this patient. And then there's our crossbite over here. So we're looking to get involved with that case. And certainly, uh, it's a fun Invisalign case. We're looking forward to doing it. The patient's already interested. The coworker said, go do it. So we developed a ClinCheck. So we, we keep in mind that primary tooth, and everybody is aware that the lower primary teeth, especially that molar, have a little larger size than your corresponding premolar. And so I'm happy to take IPR here. So if you took a look over here, it says 1.5. So there's 1.5 millimeters. And if you, when you label the primary teeth, they start at the midline. So they go A, B, C, D, E. That tooth is the E. It's the primary E in each of the four quadrants. They're having more fun in that room. The idea is at 1.5 millimeters, that's a typical statistical E space. In other words, the E space is the amount of difference between the primary molar and the permanent premolar. So the primary molar occupies about a millimeter and a half more space than your premolar. So it's a very nice site to take a millimeter and a half of IPR because I'm going to try to get this closer to a premolar. Now, there was a little more crowding and crossbite in the lower arch and not as much in the upper. So I've got mild against moderate or mild against severe. So I'm going to have a little lower IPR in the case. Well, here's a millimeter and a half. And those of you who have seen me before, I do prefer a posterior IPR technique. I don't like playing with the lower front teeth, just a personal preference. But I'm going to throw a millimeter on the other side, and I'll do a little bit over here. And these are easy places for me to gain access. It could be spread out. It could, you could do whatever you want behind this canine and take a little bit here to solve that case. So to take a look at the count, you've got 24 aligners. So we'll press play. And you're going to watch that primary tooth move. And that primary tooth is going to take a wider position because I'd like it to be where it belongs. It's not an ankylosed tooth. Just because an adult has a primary tooth doesn't mean it's ankylosed. Not every primary tooth that's retained is frozen to the bone. So take a look at those teeth, because if you have any mobility whatsoever, you move it. Take advantage of the movement. 
If it's totally frozen, you may have to avoid moving that tooth and take the rest of the teeth to position and then worry about your extraction and implant placement later on. This tooth was not frozen. I could get my little movement. So I knew it had a biologic mobility similar to the other teeth. I could move it. So can you. So the more you watch that happen, it tends to be pretty often that I can move those primary teeth. I find less of them are frozen, more of them are available for movement. So I didn't start out doing that nine years ago. So I'm happy to have that technique in my toolbox. I'm going to move that arch to wider. I'll do that little bit of lower IPR. We've got 21 aligners here. You know, 24 is the count. We got the extra three for the squeeze at the end. Kind of like that little virtual C chain. We're going to tighten that up a little bit right here and go one, two, three. There you go. So now we get the upper arch up there. Let's take a look. No IPR up here. There's very little crowding. We don't have a lot to do here. We're going to get that arch form shaped completely. And we're going to get to 21. And so we're going to take her through 21 aligners to get to here. All right. So very nice, very simple. We'll look at the anterior view because we want to see that cross bite get under there. So we're going to watch that play. And of course, like a ghost, you know, they go right through. The aligners control. The aligners will control the tooth movements underneath them. Those arches are separated by aligner wear, so you don't have the interferences that you would have with brackets and wires. So anytime I'm correcting cross bites, it doesn't matter if it's a single tooth or eight teeth or unilateral or bilateral, the aligners alone are all you need to correct dental crossbites. So it's a fantastic opportunity. There's no better technique to correct a crossbite than Invisalign aligners. If you're using brackets and wires, you have to disclude the teeth. Now you've got to insert something. People layer composite on all the teeth to keep them open. People put in retainers, hollies with a ramp to keep them open. They put in discluding devices to keep the mouth open so the teeth can unravel. But you only have to wear it for a couple of years. And then you get the teeth in place. And you put, well, you know, I just want to treat it in 11 months. I don't want to treat it for two years. I want to do it in 11 months. So it's a fun case to unravel. We're going to walk her through the 24 aligners. Now at the time that we met with Dina, we had the opportunity to offer her a little additional treatment. And so what happened was, you're aware that there are accelerated tooth movement opportunities out there. There are techniques that you can perform in a patient's mouth to accelerate their orthodontic movement. Now, accelerated tooth movement doesn't happen by increasing the force on the teeth. If you increase the force on the teeth, you, you actually, instead of having cellular remodeling and tooth and bone movement through remodeling, you create necrosis. You cause cell death. So you're not looking to increase the force on the teeth. The way to have teeth move faster is, the rate limiting step is the bone remodeling. The rate at which the bone can remodel is the rate at which you can move the teeth. So if you can increase the bone remodeling in your patient's mouth, you can increase the rate of tooth movement. So it just so happens I had the opportunity three years ago uh, only because I stepped in it, uh, and sometimes I step in it. But uh, I had a patient who uh, became the principal owner of a, an accelerated orthodontic device. And so three years ago, I had treated his children. So since I treated his children, he approached me and said, I'm thinking about doing this. I want you to be involved in the clinical trials. So I said, OK, fine. So the little device is called Propel, P-R-O-P-E-L. It's a very tiny device. And it's based off of the research or the scientific evidence that brought Wilkodonics around. And Wilkodonics is the reflecting of the gum and the cutting of the bone. Because if you can increase the inflammatory response in the alveolus, meaning raise the cytokine levels, raise your prostaglandin interleukin. If you can move the bone faster, you can move the teeth faster. So the rate of bone remodeling gets your teeth moving faster. The rate of bone remodeling is dependent upon the cellular activity in the alveolus. So one way to increase your cellular activity is make sure you're moving all the teeth. Because there's a big difference between moving six or eight teeth and moving 14 teeth. 
When you move half of the teeth in the arch, you don't have the level of cellular activity that you have when you're moving all of the teeth. So when you're moving all the teeth, you have a, a much more loose and free alveolus because you have activated many more cells in the alveolus. Well, another way to do it is to induce inflammation, and basically you're inducing a healing response. The same cells that go to heal bone are the ones responsible for tooth movement, bone remodeling. So when you make a trauma, like a Wilkodonix, is reflect the gums and cut the bone, score the cortical bone, you create an inflammatory response that will give you six to eight weeks of healing time, and that elevates the cellular activity. Your bone remodels faster. So you can do cases a whole lot quicker. The Propel device is a tiny little device. So if you're familiar with miniature implants, they are 1.6 millimeter diameter. They're the TADs, temporary anchorage devices, and sometimes they're used for anchorage in orthodontics. But the diameter is 1.6 millimeters. They run 6 to 8 or 10 millimeters in length. The Propel device is used at a depth of about 3 to 4 millimeters. It is also 1.6 in diameter. So it's a very tiny little device. All you're doing is micro-osteoperforation. You're going to poke little holes in the alveolus. And it's very simple. It requires almost no anesthetic. The patient feels nothing. They take a couple of Tylenol that day and nothing after that. But it allows you the opportunity to change your aligners in fewer days. So when we presented to Dina, we said, would you mind participating in a clinical trial? And we had binders to fill out and document, you know, how the case went, and we photographed along the way. And I said, the opportunity for you is you're going to treat your case in a shorter amount of time, and we're going to document how it goes, and you're going to be used as a research subject. So I need your permission for everything to treat this case. And she said, oh, absolutely, I would love to participate in that. It sounds exciting. So she wore those 21 aligners, and only those 21 aligners. And no refinement. Whoops. Jumping ahead there. So we get our class one on the right side. We get our class one on the left side. Canine is no longer in crossbite. Now you've got a protected occlusion. So we went from this mess here to that, which is a very nice little tripod of your canine, canine premolar. You've got your lock. You're all set up for success. We took the millimeter and a half over here. We're going to have a nice premolar site eventually. So we've got that crossbite corrected. We're in beautiful shape here. So we develop a nice arch form for the patient. We get that lower arch, we move that primary tooth out. You can recognize the width, the primary tooth followed position, so we are lined up and set in place. We're all ready to go here. And the patient finishes there 21 aligners later. Now, 21 aligners is it's like 11 months, something like that, right? So, but she changed her aligners at 11-day intervals. So I, this was three years ago when I first started doing those clinical trials. We had to work our way down to the proper aligner count, and so in, in trying to do it uh, conservatively and also uh, respectfully of all kinds of orthodontic research, I wanted to make sure that we did it appropriately, so what we did was we treated her with an 11-day interval. And at an 11-day interval, we would constantly ask for feedback on what your aligners feel like when you change them and wear them. So everybody here knows what it feels like to change an aligner on 14 days. When you take it out and you put the new one in, you have a sensation, so to speak, of either tightness and or pressure that you recognize is there, but at a low level, we know how comfortable Invisalign is. And your patients will tell you, within a day or two, it kind of fades, and a lot of patients will report, but, you know, after a couple days, I don't really feel much. Is it still working? They have questions like that. Well, the 11-day change comes with a shorter amount of time under pressure or sensation. It's amazing how fast those teeth want to move with that... Um, Propel technique. So what happens is while you're accelerating their bone remodeling, your teeth are freer to move, the patient's under less discomfort. So the report at 11-day changes is that within an hour or two, they don't recognize that aligner in their mouth anymore. It's amazing how fast that aligner feels fantastic. So they put that aligner in, and the comfort level is better than an aligner changed at 14 days. 
That led to case after case after case, and we worked our way down the count, and we're going to show a couple of those later. But the end result is here, she uses her aligner for 11-day intervals. She finishes with a 21 count, no refinement. Now, she's got a little twinkle in her eye. There's a little twinkle in her eye because Dina had struggled with weight issues her entire life. She's a 36-year-old. She is overweight. She has tried everything under the sun. In the time we treated her with the Invisalign, she lost 50 pounds. She's got the twinkle in her eye because she knows what's happening and what's changing. She joined one of the services. So I don't know if it's Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers. She joined one of the services. In her few months of treatment, she dropped 50 pounds. She became a spokesperson at the office to handle the new clients coming in. She's in the process of changing her career because now she's kind of found her niche. So her job is now to handle the new people coming in like her who have struggled forever and to give them that so-called boost, pep talk, ability to kind of stay on track. She's finally on track. So she comes in every few months to check her retainers, and I've, I already have a nice agreement with her. When she's finished and she gets to the weight she wants to be at, she's going to let me photograph her and show the before and after. Because she has photos of her before. We don't take full body photographs. She has them. So in, well, on some of the patients. So, when I signed the disclaimer, it did say I will report accurately. So I said, damn, sometimes. You know, the ones we, the ones we use nitrous oxide get different photos. And... <laughs> anyway, she's very happy. Her experience is amazing, and so I can't wait to show it. And one, one day in the future, I'm going to have a little different photographic series of her to give her full story on how she's changed her life, and Invisalign really precipitated the exchange. Now, Invisalign Teen, I, I want to share an Invisalign Teen case with you because... This was a young girl who came in about 10 and a half years old. And she was 10 and a half, and you can recognize, we still have some primary teeth here. And so the patient has a little bit of an issue at 10 and a half. We'll get to that in a second. So age 10, 10.5, we got a few primary teeth left. So you can see here we're in a mixed dentition phase. Now you can start to recognize there's a little something special going on in this mouth. And here it comes. Wonderful. So we've got a 10 and a half year old that the, par the parents parade in and say, well, our child's been sucking her thumb since she was born. And at 10 and a half years old, when she steps off the school bus, when that school bus gets around the corner and no one could see her, that thumb goes in her mouth and it doesn't come out till the next morning. And here we are at 10 and a half years old, sucking our thumb for 16 or 18 hours a day, everywhere but school. She knows she can't suck that thumb at school at 10 years old. That would be a huge problem. So she gets off the bus, the bus pulls away, the thumb goes in the mouth. So now I've got a 10-and-a-half-year-old with their thumb in their mouth. The parents are at their wit's end. They've tried everything from the age of four on. So they're going to tell you, I've got six years of this battle going on to get that thumb out of this patient's mouth, and they can't do it. So they've totally given up. They've tried it all. So they'll give you their list of things and how they did this and how they did that, and the duct tape, which is very powerful, couldn't hold it. The thumb still got in there. And so you get this whole story about a nightmare. So we take all the photos, and I say, let me see what I can do. Because they wanted, they wanted to have a nice smile, obviously, but she's not there yet. So we take all the photos, and I give the parents a separate consultation. So I sit down with the parents, and I tell them, you know, our next step is going to be I'm going to meet with your daughter, and I'll do a little consultation for her because she has to be aware of what we're going to do and why. And, you know, I need to talk to her a little bit to kind of get, a, you know, a little connection going and see if I can't figure out, you know, a way to stop that because it's very difficult to fix something if the thumb's going to be in there. I'm not, I don't want to fight the, the thumb. So I'd like to get the thumb out of the way, then I can treat the case. That's the way to treat it. So the parents say, oh, yeah, good luck. You can go right ahead. Yeah, you can. How, would you, do you want her? 
Do you want her for a day, a week, a month, a year? How, how long should we drop, how, many, how much clothes should we pack to give her to you? So, no, no, no. I, I said, I only need 15 minutes. I need 15 minutes, that's all. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give an hour consultation to a 10-year-old. I need 15 minutes with that photo. So Juliana is her name, and she's a very cute 10-year-old. So we had the consultation, and the parents are in the waiting room, and so I'm in my consultation room, and I had a very simple consultation with her. And so my technique for getting the thumb out of the mouth is very simple, and I'm going to share it with you, because it's an amazing technique, and it works beautifully. So when I sit down with the patient and I say, Juliana, your parents have brought you to me, and their concern is that they definitely want you to achieve a beautiful, healthy smile at some point. And I would love to do that for you. I'm excited. I can't wait to help you get just a gorgeous smile. But I, I can't start yet. Because right now, you could see with your thumb, it keeps this smile. It, your thumb is keeping this position, and I don't want to work against it. So what I want you to know is that when you're ready, when you're ready, we'll get started. And you and I will work together, and we'll make sure that you finish with a gorgeous smile. And you know what every single kid says next? I'm ready now. The parents want to strangle that kid. <laughs> because they have fought, they have fought for six years, and I just got a yes in 15 minutes. And all I did, very simple, turned the control over to the child. And I, I just let them know, I'm going to be here forever. So whenever you're ready to start, you let me know, and I will help you get the best smile you can get. But it has to be when you're ready, so you come back and see me when you're ready. And it's almost like you're pushing them out the door. And the next thing you know, the kid says, I'm ready now. It's an amazing opportunity to give that child total control. They will let you work on them. She takes the thumb out of the mouth that day. Here's three months later. I'm not doing anything. She took her thumb out of her mouth. We're just watching progress of no thumb. No treatment yet. Three months. Five months. Seven months. I've got an 11-year-old, 11 plus. We've still got a little mixed dentition going. A couple of teeth still have to come in. But all of a sudden, I've got a kid that's 11-something years old, and Invisalign Teen is a fabulous product. Invisalign Teen has opportunities with compliance indicators. It has opportunities with uh, replacement aligners. That's not the main opportunity for Invisalign Teen. Invisalign Teen is a product that's built to treat a mixed dentition. Invisalign Teen, in the order form, allows you to identify unerupted canines, second bicuspids, and second molars, and treat the case prior to them being in place. So it's a fantastic opportunity to get involved with mixed dentition treatment. And I do want to treat this case as early as possible before that child starts finishing her head and neck growth. A 12-year-old female has achieved 95% head and neck completion, and so that's big trouble. A 12-year-old female is at 95% head and neck growth completion. 12-year-old boy, 90. So you don't want to do a whole lot after 12 years old when you're dealing with that type of mess. So here we are, a little bit over 11 years old, and she has all the characteristics of that thumb-sucking habit, a very long face, and a very high-angle mandible, very steep, Nose to upper lip to lower lip, not the most appealing profile. So that's her smile right now. This kid is a very, very shy, introverted child. 
This kid never talks, barely ever, takes a long time to get her rolling and warmed up, schedule longer visits, trying to break through, trying to get some you know, conversation and relationship building going. The parents will tell you she doesn't get involved with activities at school. She comes home, they try to do play dates, it's not happening. So she never really has gotten involved with getting out there into the population of children and having a social environment, mostly because she would get home from school and put her thumb in her mouth. So for her, she chose her thumb over social activities. So we've got this child who's totally introverted, and here's her arch form. Now we've got a couple of premolars that still have to come in. Obviously, that tooth was just lost recently, a little over 11 years old. The lower teeth are a little bit more present, obviously. We've got our right side. Luckily, the molar and the canine, we're going to have a class one. We're certainly going to want to get that to class one and close that down. And so we see our anterior, taking away the thumb, got most of the case accomplished. It just remodeled very nicely, and you can see where the teeth are. Do you recognize? Yep, they're there. We've got those two premolars to account for. So I've treated as young as 10 years old. Um, when you have the right patient, you can do Invisalign on a 10-year-old that has primary canines, primary uh, second molars, and no, obviously no permanent second molars. You could do a beautiful job with that teen product. So we'll take a quick look at this ClinCheck. Basically, we've got an upper arch that looks like this, and we'll press play. It's a very short case, and we're looking at 17 aligners. That's all it is. It's a few months. So we're going to shape that. We're going to reduce the little bit of space. It's a little too much for the premolars. When you're doing Invisalign teen, the aligners are built with the teeth in place. You give instructions on the order form. How many millimeters do you want for that premolar? How many millimeters do you want for your canine? How many millimeters do you want for these teeth is indicated on the treatment form. They will give you that space. I usually tack on one millimeter. In other words, if I know my premolar needs seven, I will give eight. If I know my canine needs nine, I'll say ten. I like one more millimeter because in refinement I can close the arch together. So I add one millimeter to that treatment form and you measure it from the other teeth, from your Panorex. You have ways to know what the size of that premolar or canine is coming in. You figure it out. When you figure it out, my technique is I like to add a millimeter. So I get her to here. So we get this bite closing down a little bit. It's much nicer to do younger. The bone is more like Play-Doh. You don't have to fight this as much. So it's going to give you some nice change quickly. A young mouth, 12 or younger, tends to flow kind of like water downhill. So you could do a nice job with the case. A liner five, so we're cooking along. Here's a liner five. She does a beautiful job. Teenagers have not disappointed me. I do a lot of Invisalign teen. Uh, the girls are unbelievable. Every teenage girl should have Invisalign. The teenage boys, you talk with the parent. You know, if they tell you your, my kid comes home with one shoe every day, then you're gonna, your kid's going to wear braces, okay? So... That should really be the population getting treated with braces, the boys who come home with less shoes than they went to school with. <laughs> the compliance indicator is fabulous. So you got a blue dot here. That's what it looks like two weeks later, gone. Okay, we know it's in the mouth. The premolars built into the case. So as you're going through the case, the premolars are landing into position. The spaces are closing. The arch form's developing. And next thing you know, you get to the refinement stage. You got a beautiful arch form. You got a beautiful arch width. Your occlusion's landing. Those teeth are coming in. They're going to drop right into place for you. You're going to order a few refinement aligners to wrap this case up. So you'll have your arch form, your arch width. You're going to get your occlusion locked in. That case is going to set a little more for you. We get to this point. I had done the 17 aligners. I got four more in refinement. I had so 21 aligners into the case. I offered a second refinement. I wanted to do a little more on the lateral and the canine. And the child and parent had the conversation and said, we're done. We want the retainers. We're very happy. We want to finish right here. 
This is more about the face and the profile photographs than it is the occlusion. Because I want you to see what happened when we took away that thumb. Because you, know, you saw her profile photo and her face photo at age 10 and a half. I want to show you what she looks like at 12 when you finish this case. Because not just do your teeth move when you're this young, everything remodels. You've got a little different face now. It's not as long. Now this is from 10 and a half to 12. That's all this is. From 10 and a half to 12, you've got a little different face there to look at. It's not as long. And your profile's completely different. Completely different. When that thumb left her mouth at 10 and a half years old, her entire middle and lower thirds remodeled. And what they do is they spring back to normal. The thumb was an orthodontic appliance driving her growth abnormally. If you pull it out while a child still has growth and development to go through, typically less than 12 years old, you get change, facial change. So it drove her into a really nice class one healthy stable occlusion with a beautiful orthopedic change. So you had a very nice result. That kid is now, as it turns out, who knew? She can sing. Nobody knew. She's 12 years old. She starts signing up for the school plays. She gets the lead role. So this kid went from hiding to now she's the lead in the play at the school every time. She's outgoing. She's got all the friends in the world. She gets the lead. She's got the brain. She can memorize the lines like no other child. The next thing you know, she can sing. So all of a sudden, this kid has a different life to live in a year and a half, mostly because of your technique and a little bit of caring. Get the thumb out gently, kindly, and then a little Invisalign teen goes a long way. Now, before we get to this last patient, we have a distinct honor to welcome Dr. Barry Buckley today. And he's from Ireland. I want to give him a warm welcome. Good morning. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here. I've, uh, I've built a career around coming to listen to American dentists. You must know that. Worldwide, we consider the American dentist to be the best of the best. Your undergraduate program is second to none. So since about 2002, I've been coming here listening and learning from you. And when someone asks me to come and share my story, it's a privilege to give something back. Okay? So that's the first thing I want to say to you. It's been a dream of mine to come to Vegas as well, uh, since a small kid. You know, yay, I'm here. I must admit the dream was a little different. You know, there was a few girls in the room. It certainly wasn't as many as this. <laughs> I suppose I should dream bigger, eh? <laughs> what I'm going to say to you is that I'm just a GP, just like you, all right? So I'm not a specialist of any sort. And I'm going to just briefly tell my story and show you a case, all right? Um, I worked in the UK after I qualified in a thing called the NHS. Some of you, I think you have a similar system here. It's a fee per item things. So you get paid not a lot of money per filling that you did, per surface. So I know exactly what it's like to have to go to work in that soul-destroying environment where you're, you're trying to sell dentistry to patients' need. And you're trying to upsell them because crowns weren't included and white crowns weren't included. You have similar systems in America, don't you? So that's where I came from. And I started to work in England in 97. There was no work in Ireland at the time. And, um, from 10 years of doing it, from coming to America and learning from you guys, I was able to transform my practice from being mainly NHS to kind of working privately. And then eventually I had the confidence from learning from you 
how to actually treat people properly, and how to upsell things. So I moved back to Ireland in 06, and I opened a cosmetic clinic in a private hospital about 30 minutes outside Dublin. If any of you play golf, it's near the Ryder Cup venue at the K Club, where Europe kicked your ass. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> so look, I, I started, I was one of the very first guys to, to do the Six Month Smiles course with Ryan Swain. Uh, anybody done the Six Month Smile course? It's okay. It's okay. I know we're here for Invisalign, but I know there must be people who've done the course. All right. Um, my experience with it was, I was running a clinic. It was 50% restorative, 50% cosmetic orthodontics. In our peak in 2008, I don't have credentials after my name, but I can say that I was working four days a week. We were turning over 1.9 million euro. So I suppose that's two and a half million dollars a year at the time. Um, and 50% of that income was coming from cosmetic orthodontics. A lot of which initially was six months smiles. The Inman and I started working with Invisalign. I was an instructor for Six Month Smiles at the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, and around that time, I stopped working with the product. And I started working completely and totally and utterly with Invisalign, for reasons that I, I'll explain at another time, but, you know, it's, it's a vastly inferior product. It doesn't provide the support that Invisalign does, and it, that's just my experience from doing lots and lots of cases. If I'm advising anybody to start now, Start with something like Invisalign, which can fix everything. And don't limit yourself. So we've done a lot of, of cases. I suppose we were doing 200 cases a year. And then what happened was, about last year, I went to Invisalign, or we had this coming together, and decided in Ireland, could I have a large group? So I took seven dentists who had no experience with Invisalign, and we started a group called clearbraces.ie. That's just the name of the website. We have a promotional video. This is our group, so we spread them around the country. I selected these dentists specifically with no experience in orthodontics whatsoever because I was trained to Invisalign that I had this theory that I could take someone who knew nothing about ortho and nothing about Invisalign and show them what we did in our practice and that hopefully we could develop a successful Invisalign book. So this is a promotional video. We're trying to explain to the public what we are. Clearbraces.ie is an amalgamation of eight dental surgeries around the country. We are geographically spread to make sure that everybody in the country has easy access to Invisalign orthodontic therapy. This means that there's a supplier very close to you who has a very high level of training when it comes to Invisalign. Invisalign technology is replacing the, the brackets and braces of the days gone by. In North America what we're seeing is a tremendous adoption of these invisible braces that fit in the mouth and over time align the teeth. What is Invisalign? Invisalign is a computer-driven technology. It moves the teeth sequentially in stages. It's new, it's innovative, and it's very efficient. They're clear, see-through aligners. When you're wearing them, you can barely see them. And they move the teeth in exactly the same way that train tracks do. Let's talk to some of our patients. I knew that my teeth weren't great, so I didn't really want to ever bring that much attention to them. As a kid, I always had a problem with my teeth. They were always quite crooked, and I, was, I, was never, I never got braces or train tracks, and as I got older, I never really wanted to get braces or train tracks. As an actor, you can't use train tracks if you're filming a period drama. It just wouldn't work, so Invisalign is the way to go, for me anyway. I'm a school teacher, and if I went into the classroom with train tracks, I mean, I'd be a victim of bullying. The reaction from my friends and family are amazing. They couldn't get over the change, and some of them didn't even know that I had had them in with about two weeks until I actually told them that I had them. 
So I'm already seeing really good results and people are starting to notice them, which is, you know, makes me feel better that they're actually working. I mean, I'm wearing it now and you can't even tell. It doesn't interfere with my speech or anything. Yes, it's definitely changed my smile. I'm much more confident, uh, much more relaxed with smiling. Yeah, it's made me a bit more confident and happier about smiling. It's a painless procedure. It's quick and it's invisible. So why would you use a clearbraces.ie dentist? Well, quite frankly, they're the best trained in the industry. I heard about clearbraces.ie from a friend of mine who's a dentist, and he recommended them because they're the best in the country. My smile has definitely changed. It's a lot more confident. It's, it's wider. It just looks better in general. I just, I just like showing off teeth that I have now. Do it. Definitely get it done. For my case, um, I wanted to pay monthly, so they set up a really easy payment plan for me so I could pay monthly. I didn't have to pay it all in one go. If you go through our gallery, you will see someone who has a mouth just like yours with your problems and your particular set of issues. And you'll see the before and after for that particular patient. When we get together every four months, we try to continually upskill ourselves on every aspect of Invisalign technology. From the laboratory work, to the photography, to the digital environment. You should use the clearbraces.ie dentist simply because we are the most experienced providers in the country. Um, the American guy, he sounds American to us Irish people, he's actually Canadian. He was a token Canadian guy who has nothing to do with dentistry and we just got him to talk about Invisalign. Because um, it looks great when you're in Ireland, everybody assumes if you're associated with the Americans that you're better than everybody else. <laughs> now he just promised me he won't tell anyone in Ireland that you, you know that. Okay, so I believe in this product, right? So I don't know what you're all waiting for and that's my message I have for you today. Here's, here's a case that came in, as you can see, a very mild overcrowding case. Um, we initially thought she was just being very vain. We thought, what are you even talking about having dentistry done? And you can talk about consent all day long. We have a very simple concept when it comes to consent. When she comes in to me, I say, you need to go see the orthodontist and have train tracks, right? Because that's your initial thought. What are you doing here? And she says to me, I'm not going to have train tracks. So I have a simple choice, and it's an ethical choice then isn't it? I can refuse this girl and she's never going to straighten her smile and she's going to have to live like this for the rest of her life. Or I can say to her, which we did, we can try Invisalign, let's see how it goes, let's do the clinic check, let's see what the process looks like. So we took it on. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff too, you read a lot of rubbish about Invisalign. It can't deal with crossbites, it can't extrude canines, it can't do this, it can't do that. It's all rubbish, okay? You've got to just trust someone, and there's a lot of unbelievable speakers here this week, but trust the people who've done a lot of cases. Anyone who's done a lot of cases, guys, and they're not saying this to you, they're not refusing cases like this. They're taking everything on. You can't do, you can't be in the top 1% and do 100 every six months if you're picking and choosing cases and saying, oh, you're not a good case, you're a great case. That's rubbish. Trust the product, okay? So I look at that, you'd probably say, definitely not an Invisalign case. As you can see, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I know how it works out. <laughs> so you look at it, you think, okay, and there's no anchorage down here. These are our clinic checks, okay? This is the kind of thing you should show a patient, not the fancy clinic check. Use something that they can understand. So that's the teeth sorting themselves out. Now, you might notice this is the old system, right? These aren't the new attachments. Okay? This is an Invisalign when, by the way, Invisalign didn't work, right? 
This is before G3. Let's see if we can move on. Stage treatment at its best. We're not moving them until we're ready. Now we're distalizing these premolars, and again, that's something that you can't do with Invisalign, or you, traditionally, you'd be scared of that kind of movement. And when we saw that, we're worrying. We, you know, we're, we're, we're scared that it's not going to work. We're not moving the molars, though, which is always helpful, because they're, they're less predictable. We're moving these teeth, and that premolar on the other side over here didn't quite derotate like that, but it didn't, it didn't bother us in the end, and I'll show you why. So this is our before. She had about 33, 34 liners. My problem with this is, and I'll apologize, the case isn't finished. It's just gone into refinement. But you'll see that we're pretty much there on that side. We look from there. We're there. Okay. Um, the lower is pretty much done. She doesn't have the strongest teeth in the world, does she? And this is a, quite a narrow arch. We get the width in Invisalign by widening the arch. And it also gives us a nice wider smile. So that's better, isn't it? From there to there. Now you can see the refinement is very simple for us from here. Okay? It's only going to be two or three months of refinement and she's going she's to be finished. Already though, this was our before and that's our after. So would you have thought this was possible with Invisalign? Probably not. As an aside, we had the European Summit in Rome about three or four weeks ago, and I spent an hour, several hours, talking to these orthodontists, these amazing orthodontists. And there was a professor in France, and he only treats impacted canines and lower premolars. He only treats them with Invisalign. Can you imagine that? An impacted canine? He no longer sees the use of brackets and wires when treating cases like that. He thinks brackets and wires are the number two choice for treating impacted lower premolars and impacted upper canines. Okay, these are the kind of changes that people who embrace the product are seeing. So there's her smile. She's not great at smiling, bless her, but you can, you can understand that. <laughs> and even that, that's kind of a strained smile, isn't it? But she's getting there, and obviously it's a lot nicer, and it's going to get better as we go. If I can give you some advice, you know, something blew me away when I was there listening to the NASA guy who was great, and then you had your award ceremony, and you brought out your top 1%. And my initial thought was, they're going to get all those people up on the stage? The people who do 100 cases every six months? Jesus, the stage is going to be packed. We're going to be here all day. That was my initial thought. I couldn't believe that there were so few of you who had done 100 cases in six months in a country the size of America. If we think of clearbraces.ie, I started that last year. Since January this year to now, we're at 700 cases, okay? That's six dentists who didn't know anything about Invisalign a year ago. They're all doing 100 cases already each, so they would all be in your top 1%. And we're doing that from a population with only 3 million people. I mean, you think of one big city around here, you know, America's a pretty big place. You're dramatically under-providing this product. And I don't know why, but all I'm going to do is I'm going to share my thoughts on it. And I, I've listened to some of the things that some of the people have said, and they're telling you the secrets, but I don't think you're getting it. This top one is probably the single most important thing. Stop thinking like dentists, right? Give yourselves a break from being nerds, okay? <laughs> Seriously. No one gives a crap about balanced occlusion. Patients don't, all right? They come in with a chief complaint. Listen to it. The first thing we do as dentists is we're always intruding on people's minds. We're kind of thinking we know what they want. Well, that's actually quite rude when you think about it. 
listen to what your patient is saying. Sit down, shut up, and listen. Okay? And if they come in, like that case yesterday, I don't even see it, the guy with the big class three, and he had the two, two laterals at the side. All the guy wanted was these laterals fixed. And what's wrong with that? And he'll pay you your $5,000 to fix that. I make a lot of money moving one tooth for patients. And, and everybody else laughs at it, but I go, you know, the patient only wanted that tooth moved. Who am I? Who am I to tell them that they're wrong? It's their money, as long as I'm not doing anything that's bad for their mouth. So listen to the patient's chief dental complaint. They're not coming in saying, I want a perfect balanced occlusion. I want to reduce my overjet by 50%. They're not going to say that. Listen to them. Okay? And do you need to change the occlusion? Very often, we will restore someone's dentition and not change their occlusion at all. They might have a unilateral crossbite on one side. They don't even see it. They've been living with it for their entire lives. Okay? We have a very simple concept. A balanced occlusion is one that's free from interference and is comfortable for the patient. And all I can say to you is this is how I've been working. I've been restoring cases and I've been treating Invisalign patients for a long time now and we've had no problems. Okay? That's all I'm going to say to you. As a separate note, take great smile shots. This is very simple, straightforward stuff. But what's wrong with the smile on the left? Can you see the, the chip on the upper left lateral? Now, this stuff sells cases, all right? These are the photographs that sell the cases. So when you get a good one, don't let a little chip ruin it for you. And if the kid can't afford to have it fixed, fix it for free. Okay, it's a much nicer after now. And what I'll do there, and we're not stupid, I'll say to the patient, I'm going to fix this for you for free because it's so nice, yada, 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 right? And they say, oh, thank you very much. And I say, but look, it's a tip replacement composite. If it comes off, I will have to charge you if you want to have it put back on. And that's fair, really, because I haven't charged you the first time. I haven't damaged your tooth. And once she sees that, she's over the moon. But for me, for my website, that's going to sell me cases, right? So it's going to take me 10 or 15 minutes to do. Why wouldn't you do it? So my take-home message to you guys, and it's just my message, okay, and it's just what I've been saying to seven dentists that have just started, okay, for some reason you're not embracing the product and you're not loving it the way we do. This product will transform your life. I'm now moving into next year, I'm going to be working three days a week. I'm 40 years old, right? I owe 90% of that to you guys because I've learned everything I've learned from you. And when I'm here for the last two days and I see you struggling to embrace this, I think to myself, why? This is the answer to a nicer life, right? Right now, this is in front of you. Don't stare a gift horse in the mouth. This stuff will dramatically increase your profitability. You're going to run into work every day. You're not going to be dealing with the negativity of normal patients who complain about having fillings done, all that rubbish. It's hard work. Yeah, isn't general dentistry hard work? Yeah, you can feel it, can't you? And people say to you, why do you not like thinking dentists? Is it because you're looking down people's mouths? No. It's because you're dealing with that negative angst all the time. You know that guy Bob is coming in, he's having that MOD. He doesn't want to pay $200 for it. He hates having it done. You hate seeing him, you know? <laughs> Jesus. You know? I got rid of all of my Bobs. They're gone. Bob's not welcome in my practice anymore, right? All we have is Invisalign patients. And they just bounce in the door, hello! You know, they give everybody high fives, look at my teeth, fantastic. You know, here's all that money I owe you, yes. You're welcome. We like the money. And, and, and take this other message, right? You're only going to have to do this stuff for a year. 
right? Say to yourself, you're going to leave this weekend, you're going to commit, right? You're going to make that change, you're going to be that guy, that 1%, right? Because if you can do it for one year, every single Invisalign patient will send someone back to you. It gets easier and easier and easier every year, okay? And all of a sudden, you become the go-to guy within your area. One last point I wanted to say to you about this is this, right? There's two things. Think sensibly. We're all intelligent people, right? It's nothing like giving yourself a pat on the back. If you research this, look for the very first picture of a brace, okay? Go online and check it. I did this. I was presenting in Marrakesh recently, and I did this for the presentation. And it is remarkably the same as the picture of braces you'll get for today. In 100 years, this is a science. And in 100 years, we haven't moved forward? Could it be that right now we're changing history with this product? I believe it is. I don't think in 10 or 15 years' time there will be anything like train tracks. I mean, really, we're going to glue brackets? Think about it. We're gluing silver brackets to kids' teeth, and we're wrenching them apart with wires. It's 2013. This is it. It's here. Don't stare the gift horse in the mouth. Embrace it. Be the first. This is Gaurav Mahagad. It means thank you in Irish. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yikes. Wow. So, all right. Thank you very much, Dr. Buckley, for coming and sharing that experience with us and exposing me for the slacker that I am. Uh, I'd like to give a special thanks to everyone at Align that convinced me to include him in my time because I'm going to leave... A half an hour ago, I felt like the king of the world. Now I feel like a hack. <laughs> Are they still serving alcohol in Vegas? <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Buckley. That's amazing. Okay, so, yeah, we could pick up our game just a little bit, right? All right. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. We meet this fine young gentleman, Andrew. He's 26 years old when I met him. I had started three years ago with that whole Propel Accelerated Orthodontic clinical trial that I was documenting by binder, binder, binder through NYU and the whole fabulous thing. We treated Dina at 11-day intervals. As the year went by and we started to understand what could really be the potential, we got to Andrew. So when I presented it to Andrew, he said, oh, I would love to have Invisalign, certainly. Andrew, would you like to discuss any opportunity for accelerated tooth movement? Do you have any interest in treating your case in a little bit shorter time period? You could be involved in a clinical trial, a research project that we will document beautifully, and with your permission, we could teach with it, and it may be a very nice opportunity for you. He said, absolutely, count me in. So we introduced him to what is our so-called accelerated orthodontic program of using Propel, a micro-osteoperforation technique. So at 26 years old, he has a problem. Certainly, tooth number nine is in the center of his face, so he's got a little bit of a midline issue. So he's got a bit of crowding here. Luckily, he's young and healthy. Nice set of teeth. We can't wait to get in there. So here's his issue. So we've got a narrow arch form. We have teeth wedged in there. That tooth number seven, obviously, it's not where it belongs. Eight and nine have fallen over. You can follow the mid-palatal suture and see as it curves with the incisal papilla, okay? You can follow the mid-palatal suture and see the curve, the swing to his uh, right. And so that's a nice bend, so to speak, in the bone. I'm not sure that's natural altogether, but we're going to work on that a little bit. So we, we do our, obviously we do our full diagnostics, treatment planning, clin checks, setup. So I'm in it long enough to understand, and a number of you have seen me speak before, no, it's not a case that IPR is necessary. So you, you have, IPR can be used. You know, IPR is a technique. You can use it for every crowding case. Not every crowding case needs it. 
There's a difference between using IPR and needing IPR. So the more technical you get with your diagnostics and your orthodontic diagnosis, you start understanding who needs IPR and who doesn't. He doesn't need IPR. So it's not an IPR case. So we have a narrow arch. We've got a terrible arch form. We've got number six and seven dancing over there. And we've got the crowding on the lower, but the entire posterior is collapsed. We are interested in leveling, aligning, and derotating all of the teeth. We'd like to solve every single tooth position. All 28 teeth are going to be moved to where they belong with the correct rotation and position. So we have a class one malocclusion to start with. It's fabulous. The teeth are already in a class one malocclusion. So we get to the point where we have a nice clean check to look at and we can see our aligner count. We're going to work up the case as we would any other patient. Both Dina and Andrew would have been treated with Invisalign at a 14-day rate. I probably would have done a little refinement. My cases run their course, and I do four to six aligners. That's a very common pattern. A four to six aligner refinement is very common. Propel or an accelerated orthodontic treatment does not make the case happen. It just offers a better tracking and a shorter treatment time. It doesn't mean you couldn't do it without it. So it's just a technique that was utilized for the case. And, you know, he was part of the clinical trial, so you're going to learn basically what went into treating the case. We're not here to teach you how to do that. That's for you to learn on your own. A lot of things you hear about, mini implants, temporary anchorage devices can be used with Invisalign. It's not really the exercise in learning that technique as it is to go and then learn how to do it on your own or take other coursework. But the idea here is we've got this nice case to unravel. We've got to read the note. So I wrote this long-winded note, and it says, please level, align, and derotate all teeth. This is an expansion case with no IPR. That's my note. So I wrote that note. I write a very similar note for crowding cases. Please expand, okay? Please level, align, and derotate all teeth. It's an expansion case. Invisalign was built as an expansive appliance. It will deliver arch form and width. You want to move all the teeth into position. That's how your crowding goes away without IPR. So you get your expansion developed over a course of, it looks like about 33 aligners here. We've got 36. The last three are your virtual C-chain, a little tightening in case you've got some light, light, light um, flossing contacts in there. So we're going to go through 33 aligners for this case to get to here. So 33 aligners is fantastic, and we don't mind doing that. It's about 17 months. That'll be 34. So 17 months to treat at a 14-day pace is fantastic, except Andrew's going to wear the aligners at 9-day intervals. When we had gotten to him one year into doing the clinical trials for Propel, we had gone from 11 to 10 to 9. We were now treating at 9-day intervals, documenting the tracking and the finishing of the cases, not to mention the comfort level and the health of the teeth, the roots, the gum, the bone, the TMJ, the entire list. So a very thorough bit of research was done on these cases. So at, at his pace, he's going to do a 9-day aligner change to treat this case, which really takes off five aligners from every, it's almost a third of the treatment time is gone to walk through the case. And he was excited to do it. So we're going to go from here to here and put every single tooth where it belongs. That'll be a nice change. We like to see the ClinCheck show it. If the ClinCheck shows it, it happens in the mouth. You just have to wear them. So we're going to get that upper arch done. We're going to get the lower arch to follow it. We're going to have our width. We're going to have our arch form. We're going to have all that crowding disappear. And what we really are interested to know is how are 8 and 9 going to track straight across that arch to give you your midline back? Because you're a whole tooth off. And you want 8 and 9 sliding to the patient's left all the way. So we're going to do this from here. We're going to watch that midline slide an entire lower tooth, a good 6 millimeters over to the left to achieve that change. And then the late attachment to deliver number 8 back into position. 
So we're going to see how that tracks, because here we are at nine-day intervals with a little propel device introducing an osteoperforation technique that is kind and gentle and comfortable, which will increase my cytokine level in the alveolus to induce faster bone remodeling. The faster bone remodeling will allow the teeth to track better and deliver a result in a shorter amount of time, a very healthy and easy process. But will it give me the eight and nine sliding about six millimeters? We're going to find out. So here's aligner number one. It looks like that. Invisalign is an exact science. It is an exact science. It is a perfect fit. You take nice impressions, you do nice scanning, you're going to get back aligners that will work beautifully for your patients. So aligner number one looks like this, and boy, does that fit beautifully. So if you can impression it or scan it, it can be made. So you get a beautiful fitting aligner. Here again, the first aligner. Aligner number one drops in. We take our pictures. It looks like a very nice fit. From the anterior, aligner number one. So here we're in good shape. We're off to a good start. Aligner number seven. By aligner number seven, we've already doubled the space right here. So we've gone at a nine-day change through seven aligners. If this is the seventh one, we've worn six. So six times nine. This is 54 days later. And here he is, top and bottom, aligner number seven dropping in. Very nice fit. So now we're going to get to aligner 14. At aligner 14, here comes our space. Here comes our tooth. Eight and nine are going this way. There's no IPR in the mouth. By aligner 14, we've delivered 13 used times nine. You can count the days that he's been in Invisalign, okay? As you get to the 14th on the lower, still a very nice, accurately fitting aligner. So there's number 14 dropping in the mouth. A really nice fit. And he's going to keep going, and now that tooth number seven is starting to show up. Obviously, all 28 teeth are moving. Simultaneous tooth movement. Aligner 17. So here comes our change in the arch form, the arch width, and that tooth is coming to position. The fit is beautiful at aligner 17. Same thing with the lower. Aligner 17. Very nicely fitting aligners. Every single tooth, every nook and cranny, there isn't a spot to find that there's a slight misfit. Every tooth is tracking. Every tooth is tracking. Okay? So at aligner 17, we look like this in the anterior. Fabulous. Fabulous. So obviously Andrew's doing what he's supposed to do. Wear him. And now we've got this setup that's coming along. And then we jump to 27. You don't want to see every aligner, but 10 aligners later, we're on 27. We're near done. We've got to get to 33. Here's what he looks like at aligner 27. A very nice fit. So we've got a perfectly fitting set of aligners here, upper and lower. And obviously the crowding is resolving as the arch form and arch width develop. And then when we get to number 33, we should have a really nicely developed arch form, arch width, and a beautiful class one occlusion on top of that. So at aligner 33, he's gone through a nine-day change throughout the case. Now the report on the nine-day change is that he inserts that aligner and we talk that day and the next day. So there's a lot of follow-up, a lot of discussion with Andrew, because here we are documenting binder after binder after binder of information on how that case goes through to completion. The nine-day change from Andrew's perspective and others like him is that they'll put their new aligner in, they will recognize the pressure and discomfort, and it will be recorded at a lower level than the patient changing at 14 days. Whatever a patient at 14 days has reported over the nine years that I've kind of learned, the nine-day change using an accelerated orthodontic technique will be lower and shorter lasting. So they're going to tell me within the first few hours, within the first few hours, occasionally by the first day, that aligner feels like it's not there. Incredibly comfortable. That's because of the rate of the bone remodeling. If the bone's going to remodel for you faster, the teeth are going to flow like water downhill. 
So you're going to have a very nice comfort in treating these cases. My experience is that the comfort level is better in these cases than it is with a traditional 14-day change. So you're introducing accelerated bone remodeling. You're having some beautiful tracking. And at aligner 33, you look pretty good with those aligners on. That's a very nice amount of tracking for 33 aligners. And this midline's almost there. So let's get those out of the mouth and take a look at some photos. These are the photos at 33 because he's finished. So you've got a right side occlusion that's set. You've got a left side occlusion that's set. You've got an arch form and an arch width that has every tooth in place. No crowding, no residual issues. There's really nothing to do, so I left him alone. So he got to here, he used a little bleach gel. He has a very nice, wide, broad arch with a beautiful occlusion. He's got cusp and fossa. He has no interferences. It's completely marked. I go through the red, the blue paper. I mark every tooth. My experience is that I do very little occlusal adjustment on my cases. I am looking to deliver every tooth, all 28 teeth. And when you level a line and derotate everybody, you tend to land very nicely. So I do very few occlusal adjustments on individual patients and or teeth. None for him. So I got that midline back. So we're, we're there. We're within a millimeter. That's a nice change. Now, he's got a little grin on his face because he knows he looks like a human being all of a sudden. So instead of having these teeth wedged over to his right, he's, he's centered now. So now he's a very happy camper. So 33 aligners at nine-day changes with incredible comfort, incredible health, very nice results in tracking and comfort lead you to take the next step. And that means that three years into that, I am in love with that product, and I'll continue to be involved with the clinical trials. If you want to learn more about it, you go to propelortho.com, okay? www.propel.com, propelortho.com, and you start learning a little bit more. It's another tool you could incorporate if you choose. It's not for everybody, but it is something to be aware of. And when you look at the ease that it's done with and the comfort that it's done with, you may have patients that are interested in doing a little bit of that. If anything, you could look at it as an opportunity to enjoy better tracking, you don't necessarily have to reduce the time as much as you're able, but better tracking is always a nice opportunity. You can use it on one or two teeth. You don't have to use it on every tooth. You don't have to do the whole mouth. If you want to isolate one or two teeth that are nasty and just propel those, you'll increase that cellular activity. Those teeth will flow for you. It can be used on an isolated basis. There are many applications for it. And so I also teach a little bit of that stuff for you. But what have you seen this morning? You've seen Invisalign as a comprehensive orthodontic technique, not any different than you've been watching for the last two days. So you were treated to some very nice cases by several instructors here, all doing beautiful Invisalign orthodontics. It's a very capable clear aligner. It is the most capable clear aligner therapy that you have available to your patients. It's very effective. It's fun. The patients love it. And I want to thank you for your time. And I'm going to get to the back of the room to let the next speaker up. Any questions you have are going to be taken. I will meet you at the back of the room. Thank you.